0: Freak Radio Network. Broadcasting from the Lucas Oil Studios. Driven by General Tire. It's Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio redefined. With Kenny Sargent. Paging Doctor Douchebag. Crash Gladys. Get in Crash Position. And Statman. Don't
1: overdrive
0: the car. Here's the oh, man, no freak.
2: Tormental Freak.
3: You know, I don't mean any harm by this next comment, but I will say this. Living here in Phoenix yesterday afternoon, hanging out in shorts with my top off. Well, that's pretty freaking ugly. But just the sheer fact that I'm hanging out in shorts and the rest of America, outside of maybe Southern California, you're hanging out in nothing but a bunch of damn thick ass jackets. How you doing, Freak Nation? Oh, jeez. Yeah.
2: How you doing?
3: Speed Freaks on a Sunday night. You follow us on Twitter, on Facebook. The website, of course, is speedfreaks.tv. Statman, Crash Gladys, Kenny Sargent, big show for you tonight. Scott Pruitt, arguably one of the greatest American drivers in history, is retiring after the Daytona 24-hour. He's going to join us. Jason Anderson, Supercross star, will be here in the Freak Nation. Also coming up this hour, we're going to hear from last night's 32nd running of the Chili Bowl winner and two time winner now, Christopher Bell. He's going to be joining us here in the Freak Nation. And Crasher, I got a hankering to bring in our boy, Van Lathan from TMZ Sports. Think we can grab him? Well,
2: after you opened last week's show, our first show of 2018, all about Danica Patrick and Green Bay quarterback Aaron Rodgers right. and their new relationship, we've got to finalize some things with him. So yes, let's go to the source. Let's go to TMZ Sports' Van Lathan. We talk to him every week on our daily show in Phoenix on Fox Sports 910. So let's do it with the national show. In all
3: honesty, I, I was having a little bit of fun. Well, I really wasn't. It's damn good to be able to wear shorts and walk around with a big-ass belly. Uh, But Statman, you're there in Southern California, and our thoughts are definitely with those in California and the mudslides. Have you or any of your friends or family been been affected by the mudslides? No, not that I know
1: of. Uh, There are a couple of people that I haven't been able to reach yet, but that doesn't mean they're affected or not affected by the mudslide. I know a a guy that used to go to my church who teaches at Westmont that's in the Montecito area, but... Mm. Yeah, in effect no I haven't uh I haven't known of anybody that's been affected
2: yeah California just got rocked in two thousand and seventeen with all the fires whether it was fires up in wine country or the tremendous fires down in Southern California basically all throughout the state and now these mudslides this is just insane this is insane you know what Hold on, I'm going to get on my soapbox a little bit. You climate deniers, just stop it! Oh, the the world has only gained one degree in temperature over the last 100 years. Guess what? Climate change is all about specific areas massively changing, and yes. The icebergs melting up north—that is a problem. Yes, the oceans rising—that is a problem because what that does is that changes your climates. Based on oh, just I'm, okay, just go because I, this just makes me so mad about people that deny it. Email
3: crash at statmc. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: don't get don't get me started because the uh, people are sending out tweets to, in the middle of the snowstorm that they had in the east a couple of weeks ago saying that where's global warming now? And yeah, they, don't, right. they don't understand that when the oceans get warmer and the storms get bigger, uh, the snows get heavier and the winds get stronger, and it just becomes you know, larger issues to deal with because the climate is changing and the of the planet's warming up.
2: And that's the problem, is that people look at the term global warming and think it's literally all about warming. So, hey, when you get a big snowstorm, oh my gosh, see? There's so much for warming there. No, 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 no. Again, the term that should be used is climate change. When the ski resorts in Colorado were only 20% open throughout Christmas and New Year's because there's not enough snow, that's called climate change. When Alaska, I think it was Fairbanks, Alaska, was warmer than Indianapolis, (laughs) Indiana over New Year's, that that's climate change.
3: Hey, look, freak nation, I'm all of it. Let's go out and burn some freaking coal. a um, matter of no! fact, I'm taking the catalytic converter off all of my cars right now. There's no global warming. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. You kidding me? It's minus 19 in Minnesota right now. That's cooling off the rest of the planet right oh, there. I'm stop all
2: for it. it. I'm a, a
3: climate-changing denier. You can email me at CrashG. I am not what? a denier. <laughs> <laughs> I see the facts. Whoa, regardless. Uh, if you're in the cold rat right about now, warm yourself up for the next couple hours here with Speed Freaks, Crash Gladys, Man. <laughs> You know, before we go on with the rest
1: of the show, I have a protest to make... You put an image in my head that is going to take a, a week or so to remove you in shorts and your belly hanging out. Right. <laughs> that's a, that's an image that I don't want to have in my head. I'm going to have to work as hard as I can to get rid of.
3: Trust me. I wish I had some of your color on my belly right about now. Because <laughs> damn. You got the elderly walking around me with those big-ass thick glasses because it's so freaking bright bouncing off that. <laughs> blinding by the light. <laughs> a big show for you tonight. Uh, Scott Pruitt, Supercross winner. We're looking for the Chili Bowl winner uh, joining us here in the Freak Nation, or shall I say Supercross pilot Jason Anderson is going to be joining us. TMZ Sports going to be in here in the Freak Nation. But coming up next, a general crash class pit news and notes.
0: Speed Freaks. We promise to suck less.
4: Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio redefined
3: the Freaks. We'd like to welcome in our new affiliates. Speed Freaks on a Sunday night. How you doing, man? Coming up, Scott Pruitt, Supercross star Jason Anderson, hopefully Chili Bowl winner going to be joining us here in the Freak Nation. TMC Sports' own Van Latham will be in here. Crash Gladys, Pit News and Notes. is brought to you by our good friends at Continental Tire. You log on to ContinentalTire.com to find the righteous rubber for your righteous ride. That's ContinentalTire.com. And Crasher, you have some general Pit News and Notes. Uh, well, Mar- yeah,
2: the racing that went off this weekend was Supercross down in Houston and, of course, the Chili Bowl in Tulsa, but there's a lot of Just news tidbits that came out throughout this week, one of which, speaking of Chili Bowl, how about Brian Clawson to be inducted into the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame? I just, I like that. Of course, fallen driver. Has it been a year and a half now? Wow. Friend of the Freak Nation, too, by the way. IndyCar was testing. NASCAR was testing. IndyCar was over in, I believe, Sebring. And NASCAR was over in Texas Motor Speedway. NASCAR, not a lot of news coming out there. Just Martin Truex gloating with his champion patch on his driver's suit. IndyCar, it is a brand new car, and a lot of drivers saying there's just a lot that has to be shaked out, whether it's new drivers Ed Jones or Zach Veach or veteran driver Sebastian Bourdais. There's a lot, a lot of stuff. Bottom line, here's the deal. The cars get so much more loose when you apply the brakes now. The rears kind of lift up a little bit. This is so much more of a driver's car. We're really going to see the champion of champions this year in the IndyCar Series.
3: Now, I saw there was some news with Cole Pern where he said, look, man, enough of this slam in the champagne and the beer. we got to get back to work. Was that well, this past week?
2: That was this past week, yes. He was interviewed at Texas Motor Speedway, and, yeah, they had a good week off for Thanksgiving. They had another week off, he said, on banquet week. But he said from banquet week until they got to Texas this week, it was all work. And that includes Christmas and New Year's. It was just back to the grind. Basically, they were focusing on just getting things ready for Texas. A general test, again, a tire test.
3: Martin Truex and company.
2: This is Martin Truex's crew chief, Cole Pern, yes. And yes, you're right, the entire team and everybody's teams. Now the focus is to get ready for the Daytona test. So, yeah, I just found it interesting. And much like Supercross riders, they know. Christmas and New Year's is not a time off for them. It is all work, no play.
3: Freak Nation coming up. We're looking for the Chili Bowl winner. Scott Pruitt, Supercross' own Jason Anderson will be here in the Freak Nation. And TMZ Sports' Van Lathan, all from the Lucas Oil Studios. <laughs> The Extreme Contact Sport is Continental Tire's newest ultra-high-performance tire. Tested to the limits by championship-winning race car drivers, the Extreme Contact Sport satisfies the most demanding driver. This dynamic street tire was built for car enthusiasts and engineered for extreme grip in dry and wet conditions. Whether it's a Sunday drive on the open road or you need to get to and from work, this tire is for what you do. For more information, visit ContinentalTire.com. That's ContinentalTire.com. Continental Tire, proud partner with the Freaks.
0: Sir Jeremy, you are a true friend of the crown. Dilly-dilly. Dilly-dilly. Yeah, Madam Susan, you are an even truer friend of the crown. Dilly-dilly. Dilly-dilly.
2: What is that? This is a spiced
0: honeymead wine that I have really been into lately. Please follow Sir Brad. He's going
5: to give you a private tour of the Pit of Misery. I'm sorry what? Pit of Misery. Dilly-dilly. Dilly-dilly. Here's to the friends you can always count on.
0: You're listening to Speed Freaks. Motorsports radio redefined. If you like
3: gamble, you Speed Freaks on a Sunday night, thank you guys for hanging out, man. Lucas Oil Studios, Crash Gladys, Statman, Kenny Sargent. We're there for you on Twitter. Facebook, the website, speedfreaks.tv. You know me, man. I can't go another minute longer here in the Freak Nation to pay homage to one of my favorite guitar players in the history of mankind, Fast Eddie Clark, 67 years old, one of the original founding members of Motorhead, passed away a few days ago. So there's now no longer Lemmy Kilmister, Filthy Phil Animal Taylor, who is the original drummer. And now no more fast Eddie Clark of the original motorhead you know people have it asked is me,
2: fast Eddie because of his fingers
3: yeah, yeah there's a band called Fast way when he left motorhead he started fast way hold on a second
1: for fools, but that's the way I like it baby. I don't live forever.
3: God, it's Sinatra all over again right there. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, you can laugh, Stan.
2: Just what Statman and I were thinking.
3: Oh, <laughs> Michael Bublé at his finest is Let Me Kill Mr. Right There yeah. of, of Motorhead. What the hell did you ask me, Cratcher?
2: Well, he was fast Eddie because of his fingers on yeah. the
3: guitar. A, well, listen, listen. I mean, I can't talk that fast. <laughs> Oh, Fast Eddie Clark is gone. And for you metalheads out there and hard rock fans, you know that he was also part of the namesake from the band Fast Way. Fast from Fast Eddie, and Way was Pete Way, former uh, member of UFO, hence the name Fast Way. Fast Eddie Clark and Pete Way. So Fast Eddie Clark, gone. And people ask me often that if you could take, say, five albums to your death... Put them in your coffin, wherever, however in the hell, you know, you know when they decide to burn me up. Uh, what are they? And that album, Ace of Spades, is one of the five. That was, this is an overused word, a seminal moment for me in music, was when Ace of Spades came out. So Gary Mothershed turned me on to Ace of Spades and Motorhead, and up to that point, I, haven't, I hadn't heard anything that hard and heavy. And this is me being a Black Sabbath fan, a Judas Priest fan, I, uh, I don't know if I was a... Yeah, I, th- I, was thinking, I think I was a Saxon fan by then. But when Motorhead came out, that album was like, it's done. And then I had a chance to see them in, I think, 85 when I got my first gig with Q- Q102, KTXQ in Dallas, Rock Station in Dallas at the Bronco Bowl. It seats maybe four or 5,000 people. There were 300 people there. Oh. It was oh. the loudest g Dam concert I've ever heard. Loudest.
1: Before we go any further, I, I, I'm sitting here, is rattling around in my head. I don't know about you, Crash, but you use this term "album." I don't know what that. I don't know what that comes from. Where does
3: that? I've, I've heard of photo albums, but where does this term "album" come from? Well, I could take a big old fat picture, a selfie, that is, of about three thousand albums sitting in my garage, Statman.
2: But wait, why aren't they called records? What's the difference between a record and an album because to pretty much everybody listening out there right now they Wait, think it's the same you're thing.
1: So t- you people keep going into these <laughs> terms, these music terms, I guess, and we're talking about music, but records yeah. and albums. Wait, it's not even people idea what you're talking about, <laughs> right? right? It, it, records and albums are like that's some that's some term that's that's beyond me.
3: Supercross star Jason Anderson is going to be joining us. Scott Pruitt, who's retiring after Daytona 24 Hour. And also, we, we'll probably get to some Rob Halford of Judas Priest with their new record coming out, uh, the very new fu- near future. But getting back to some and of the And they're motor- touring. Correct. All over the country, right? Uh, to get back to Statman's comment, he's being a little facetious there. and But at the same time, <laughs> you go back to uh, uh, the award shows, Grammys, and you hear... Re- you hear... Record of the year. What's the difference between that and album of the year? It's always confused me. Record of the year is single.
2: How? But when you go to buy records at the music store, and again, that's another term for back in the day, when you could do that, you'd go buy the big old 33 vinyl. That was an entire record. So that's why it confused people.
3: That was an album. And I don't know the definition of album other than it's a catalog of something. You're cataloging a number of songs on an album, a cataloging a number of pictures in a photo album. Follow me, or a collection. Yeah, yeah. it's a collection of songs on
1: a on a disc, uh, and they, they don't they don't do those anymore. Obviously, there's the we have CDs, and those are about gone. They're not gone, but they're that's not the way people consume music anymore. Right. They consume it as a download, and uh, that, that's that's what people know. I mean, certainly, I can go back to 45s when 45s went from, what, 75 cents to it was a dollar. And it was a protest. You, Stat- know? you I mean, can go back to 78s. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I can go back to 78s. But they never <laughs> lasted long enough. All you had to do was look at them and they'd crack. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you know that that old RCA logo with the dog with his ear to the into oh, the yeah. in, into the it speaker looked, of the Victrola. That was Statman's yeah. dog and his record player at the time. Yeah, right. You know, I mean, that's
1: what I, I remember. Seventy eights. Then those, like I said, all you had to do was pick it up, and they'd crack. And if you and if you'd leave it, if you just leave it out in the open air in the ambient air, they would warp. <laughs> they were the <laughs> most they were the most delicate things. And if any of that survived now, I don't care what the music
3: is on them, just the survival has to be uh, miraculous. Well, this is a motorsports show, Freak Nation, but the first five <laughs> minutes of this segment, damn it, was all about well an education on what the hell music was.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, kids,
3: yeah, okay, pull up a chair. Maybe, maybe I'll end it with this, and maybe we'll get into the topic at, at hand about it. Hashtag Me Too, and what's the other hashtag, Crasher? Hashtag No Longer. When it, in regards to women in motorsports, you know, women 2.0 in motorsports after the revelations that have come out, not just in Hollywood, but across the planet. But one more thing about that is you've heard artists. You don't hear it much now, but when downloads and digital and and MP3s started to really rear its head, artists... Didn't like that, because whether it was a legitimate conceptual album where you wanted your fans to go from the first song to the 10th song, or regardless, that's what artists wanted. Not really because, for the most part, to sell the album. It was just, there's a reason they put this song at number one, and this song at number six, and this song at number four. Ramp up to it. The way it flows... You would you very seldom would ever hear the first song on a rock record being a slow song, a ballad. So conceptual albums as a uh, as a whole, uh, Pink Floyd, uh, Again, it Crimson. Uh, even Judas Priest had conceptual albums at the time. That's why. Uh, that's why a lot of artists artists had issues of just downloading singles.
2: You could even you could take it to all genres, though. I mean, Madonna, Michael Jackson. I mean, they all they all played that same sort of theme.
1: Or Yellow Submarine changed the entire music industry the, yeah. that way.
3: That was created. Yeah. Tommy, you, you go on and on and on. And that, and, and why I bring that up is that's that's the issue. Initially, artists had had a problem with, but because we now as as consumers, we could download singles, but as a, a 10, 11, 12-year-old, when I was buying 45s, I didn't want the full freaking Jerry Reed album of of greatest hits. I wanted Amos Moses. I, I wanted shares, gypsies, tramps, and thieves. I didn't want the whole damn album. I wanted the single, So I can understand from a fan standpoint, it's bitching that you can pull in singles. Now, if you're an artist, do you want them just – no, you want them to buy the whole damn album. But as a, strictly from a fan standpoint, I understand what it's like to be able to buy singles and not have to fork over, at the time, 6 $7 or $14 for a CD and just pay $0.99 cents for the single that you wanted all along, damn it.
2: Artists adapted. I mean, in yeah, the, they did. In the, they had to. In the beginning, though, it was a problem because of the royalties and how they were being paid out. But it, that, that all straightened out. It's all good now.
1: You know the big the bigger issue though is that and we we continue down this rabbit hole. The, the the biggest issue is the money that was paid from the record company to the artist, and that as that went away, artists had to go back out on the road in order to make money and to sell music. So yeah, that that a lot of that they protested against. That they didn't want to. They could sit back, be get the studio would give them six figures and. They'd go in a studio for a year, make an album, and then uh, they'd have to worry about it anymore. But that changed radically when people
3: started downloading them one at a time. This is what we're going to do. We're going to take up the topic that we were going to hit this segment next week, because this dovetails nicely into where we are with motorsports now. When we started Speed Freaks, we saw the proliferation of sponsorships and Teams in NASCAR, let's go NASCAR specifically, hiring people just to go out and find sponsorships, hiring people just to deal specifically with drivers. Now, almost 18 years into our tenure with Speed Freaks, you've got drivers specifically owning teams and seeking sponsorships.
2: Themselves, yeah.
3: Artists 17 years ago had A&R reps where they would be the, the liaison between the artist and the record company. That's all gone, man. You, you yeah, they're still out there, but it's that fabric of music is all but gone. That fabric of having all of these people employed by you know mid-level tier teams in NASCAR, IndyCar, drag racing is gone. It's it's gone in general. In, in
2: all walks Even of in life. Formula One, the top dog motorsport, you no longer have your specified helmet carriers. I mean right. it's yeah, it's basically your core group of people, and that's it. You don't have all the fluff anymore.
3: Statman, Crash Gladys, Kenny Sargent, Speed Freaks on a Sunday night. Thank you guys for hanging out. Lucas Oil Studios website, speedfreaks.tv. This evolved from paying tribute to Fast Eddie Clark from Motorhead, who passed away a few days ago. Motorhead, absolutely one of my most favorite bands. And I don't think I'm speaking out of turn here. Uh, Lemmy Kilmister, when he joined us 12, 13, 14 years ago in the studio, Statman, Crasher, one of your maybe top 10 interviews that we've ever had, given the, the, the magnitude of that man in our studios and really what he had to say, Statman?
1: Oh, I think without question, it's one of the most memorable ones that we've ever done. Uh, from the guy bringing in his <laughs> red cup <laughs> to what he had to say after he'd drunk two or three red cups. <laughs> Speaking I think, I of having fluff far, people, yeah, <laughs> right. I think it's by far one of the best uh, conversations we've ever had. It wasn't an interview; I think it was more of a conversation. It was the fifth anniversary of nine eleven, and uh, it was it was huge. And what he had to say as. A, uh, a visitor to the country and just what he had to say about how America
3: changed uh, after 9-11. This has been a fantastic 15 minutes. The, <laughs> when, when we, again, when we, we when we, all three of us have our hands on the wheel, one of us, turns to the right, we just go, okay, we'll go there. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's rabbit holes. We've talked yeah. about rabbit holes through the years. Yeah. Okay, this is what we're going to do, Freak Nation. Coming up next, we will talk a little bit of motorsports. It's called the Chili Bowl, and it's midget racing, midget car racing. And from what I saw crasher stat, I don't know if, what the final figure was, but typically there are over 300 drivers oh, yeah. that come in to try to get that final slot for the final race Saturday night. It's all brought to you by our good friends at Lucas Oil and LucasOil.com. And, of course, it's broadcast by Lucas Oil Productions.
2: And General Tire. Here's the deal, though. So the race was last night, Saturday night. They began qualifying heats on Tuesday, (laughs) if that tells you anything. It's
3: huge. He's won the Chili Bowl now twice in a row. I think there's only been seven people that have won it consecutively in the history of the Chili Bowl. Christopher Bell. NASCAR Truck Series champion getting ready to run with the big boys in NASCAR. He joins us next, Speed Freak's pits and the Lucas Oil Studios. Good evening, my fellow citizens
1: hearing about Keith Jackson's death this weekend. He didn't wake up Saturday morning at the age of 89. I worked with Keith some 40 years ago at a Los Angeles television station. One evening, we got into a deep conversation about our dreams and wishes. One of his, he wanted to own and operate a specific hardware store on the Olympic Peninsula in Washington. Never forgot that conversation. What was more fulfilling, though, was learning that Keith never forgot me. He acknowledged me while he was working on a wide world of sports show with Jackie Stewart at Riverside Raceway. Even picked me out months later when I passed him on the television lot. He was in conversation with some videotape engineers but wondered why I passed without speaking. Later, I wondered the same thing. I'd learned through the years that that's who Keith Jackson was. He was more than a Hall of Fame broadcaster. He was a Hall of Fame man, a good man, who took the time to remember people whether they could help him or not. And in that industry, there aren't enough of them to lose one of the greats. Peace.
0: Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio. Redefined.
3: Speed Freaks on a Sunday night. Christopher Bell. This guy was barely alive when we started Speed Freaks. but dude's Five been, or six years old. <laughs> the dude's been making a hell of a name for him over the last 24 hours. Once again, your winner from the Chili Bowl Nationals, brought to you by our good friends at Lucas Oil and General Tire, not just once, but twice. And Christopher Bell, your emotions in 2017 were nuts after you won your first, and then all of a sudden you do it again. Here's this dude at five, six years old sitting up in the stands, watching all these big timers win the Chili Bowl Nationals, and now you're one of those big timers, bro. Man, it's, it's really cool to think about.
6: Honestly, I was pretty disappointed this year, though, because I really wanted to get to race Larson for it. I feel like it was going to be an excellent show for the fans, uh, but unfortunately, we didn't get to, but uh, I still have the drill
3: it. When did you know that there were issue with Kyle Larson, who, of course, was in front of you going for the win?
6: Uh, a couple laps before it blew up. I don't know if it was a lap and a half, or two laps, three laps. But anyway, a couple laps, I could hear his motor going sour, uh, and then, and then it eventually blew up. But yeah,
2: Christopher Bell. I think that's amazing because. <laughs> you're upset that the fans didn't get maybe a better race than what they got. However, you're talking about a fan base that has been watching this kind of racing for a week straight and not really caring what they see except for every night, some good racing. And you really think that maybe it could have been even better.
6: Yeah, I think it was going to be a hell of a race. I, we saw it turkey night whenever me and Kyle got to race each other. It was a great show there. And I, I- I expected the Chili Bowl to even be better.
2: Well, it was still pretty damn good. Let's just put it that way. You've got two golden drillers now because, like you said, you've won the Chili Bowl twice. You've also won Turkey Night before. You are the Truck Series champion. So your climb through motorsports, is this the perfect scenario? Is this exactly what you expected or not?
6: I wouldn't say it's exactly what I expected, but, you know, it's been pretty ideal. 2017 was as good as it gets.
1: Last year, you doubled down on the Chili Bowl win and a Truck Series win in NASCAR. You feel like you could do the same again? Uh, it's
6: going to be tough, but we <laughs> saw it last year that William Byron, Byron was able to do it, so I'm in a really good spot. To I got everything I need to do it. Driving for Joe Gibbs is one of the best organizations out there, so I've got all the tools in my back pocket. I just got to put it all together, and, and hopefully I can get the results.
1: Christopher Bell, does it mean any more to be from Oklahoma and win the Chili Bowl?
6: I think so, just for the fact that I grew up going to that race. And there hadn't been an Oklahoma guy win it in so long. So for me, you know, that's always my home. That's always a home race for me. And uh, so it makes it more special for me.
3: Is that something that you've carried for a while when you were sitting up there in the stands and realizing it's been so damn long since a, uh, an Oklahoman had won the, won the thing? Is that something you were carrying on your back for a while?
6: Absolutely. You saw, you know, how excited the fan base got whenever Johnson Beeson or Donnie Ray Crawford, you know, those guys got close there for a while and uh, it never happened. And and then uh, even whenever I got close before I won, it was really cool.
1: Christopher Bell, does the Chili Bowl success make up for the Oklahoma Sooners failure in the college football playoffs?
6: Yeah, that was just a... Disheartening, but that's all
3: right, it's how it goes. Christopher Bell, of course, your Chili Bowls winner. Two in a row for this guy, man, getting set for the Xfinity series for twenty eighteen, joining Speed Freaks in the Lucasol Studios. Can you transfer anything from dirt to the Xfinity class? Or is it better to transfer Xfinity to Dirt as a driver? Well, just
6: confidence. That transfers a lot and it's uh, you know, that's the main ingredient for a successful race car driver. I was able to start twenty Seventeen off with a bunch of confidence, and eighteen started off the same way.
3: You look at the ownership, whether it's in midgets or when it comes to NASCAR. Uh, do you lean on the ownership for opinions or insight to how to be a successful driver?
6: Not, not entirely. Um, you know, I'm really fortunate that I got to drive for the guys that I do. Being able to drive for Keith Coons Motorsports, Kyle Bush Motorsports, and now Joe Gibbs Racing. Mm-hmm is, you know, three of the the best organizations in any style of motorsports. So, um, you know, being able to drive for them, I've got great race cars, uh, but it's it's up to me to be able to uh, use those race cars and put them up front.
2: But then leaning on ownership is one thing. Leaning on your peers is another. You had brought up Kyle Larson and just racing against him in other events earlier. What about leaning on him for advice or him leaning on you for advice? Does that ever happen?
6: Yeah, that, that happens quite often. Um, you know, Larson has been great to me on the NASCAR side of things just because he came from the same background as me, mm-hmm. so we relate really well whenever it comes to talking about racetracks or car setups or stuff like that. Uh, and obviously driving for Kyle Busch was really valuable for me as well because uh, he could basically answer any question i had and um, was very helpful as well so there's a bunch of guys on the nascar side of things that that helped me and uh like i said it's all because of the great car owners that i drive for and and the people that i've been connected with
3: freak nation christopher bell 2017 nascar truck champion more importantly right now two-time chili bowl winner Thanks to our friends at Lucas Oil and General Tire. Buddy, thank you for staying up. Go get some sleep and enjoy this, you know, on, on MLK Day on Monday. All right, bud? Thank you. See you. Coming up next, arguably the greatest sports car pilot in American history, Scott Pruitt. Next, Speed Freak Spitz and the Lucas Oil Studios. So what two words does Kenny Sargent drop on Danica Patrick? Stink fist. What did I hear, Danica? Tool. Hello. Now some advice from Dale Jr. Sergeant, stay away from that 16-ounce can of dumbass, will you?
4: Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio Redefined.
3: The Extreme Contact Sport is Continental Tire's newest ultra-high-performance tire. Tested to the limits by championship-winning race car drivers, the Extreme Contact Sport satisfies the most demanding driver. This dynamic street tire was built for car enthusiasts and engineered for extreme grip in dry and wet conditions. Whether it's a Sunday drive on the open road or you need to get to and from work, this tire is for what you do. For more information, visit ContinentalTire.com. That's ContinentalTire.com. Continental Tire, proud partner with the Freaks Raton Cougars, the Las Vegas Hookers, and the Arizona Pricks. Got your attention now, don't I? These aren't real sports teams, but they are some of the most creative and funny sports logo t-shirts from Awesome Sports Logos. Each team has a history, a meaning behind it, like the Lexington Studs or the Cape Cod Scrod. And these t-shirts, they are awesome, made with the highest quality 100% cotton available and are ridiculously soft. Grab your favorite city's t-shirt now at AwesomeSportsLogos.com. That's AwesomeSportsLogos.com and get awesome. Back with Speed Freaks from the Lucas Oil Studios. The website, speedfreaks.tv. We're there for you on Twitter. And, of course, on Facebook, Crash Gladys, Statman, Kenny Sargent. Almost 18 years of the Freaks. It'll be 18 years coming up in June. 50 years for this guy. He's been grabbing a butterfly or grabbing the wheel. Scott Pruitt, who, by the way, is retiring after the Daytona 24-hour coming up at the end of this month. I can't even go through the championships that you've won, Scott Pruitt, or the wins, or the... Or, or all the trophies that you've collected, but what I like about this, and you were briefly talking about this prior to us going live, was you're retiring on your terms, aren't you?
4: I, I am, and always great talking to you guys. Thanks so much for having me on. And you know, you you go. You know, the, the good Lord blessed me with this incredible career. I'm going. You know, started racing go karts when I was eight years old, sixty eight. In California, I've raced every year since then, and you know I think I have you know 88 ish wins and all the championships and all the stuff. And there is that moment, and people have been continually talking to me, hey, you know, how long? You, I mean, the last ten years. When are you gonna retire? When are you gonna retire? When are you gonna <laughs> retire? <laughs> and um, you know, thinking through it, and and you know what I want to do, and you know what all is going on, and what's take place. Um, with with other things in, in my life and and what I've achieved and um, just looking at that uh, at, at that Rolex Twenty Four in two thousand eighteen seems like like the perfect time and as as we all know as professional athletes you don't want to be that stinky pair of socks left in the gym room that everybody's <laughs> wanting to get out the door right so uh, get out of my terms and and do it this way and I've just extended my deal with with Lexus so it will continue to be a, a representative of theirs, an ambassador, uh, which I totally dig doing, and and, and just have, have more fun.
2: Scott, last January, you were named to the Motorsports Hall of Fame of America. Was that kind of what really set the wheels finally rolling on an upcoming retirement announcement?
4: No, not really. You know, it's one of those things where, you know, quite honestly, I take that inventory every year. And I'm, you know, since I've been in my 50s, you know, I've, you know, for for most of us, uh, most racers, most professional athletes, you live your life one year at a time. And if you're fortunate enough to be putting up the numbers and getting the job done, you extend that contract another year and you extend that contract another year and, and so on and so on. And for me personally, every year uh, I get to that point going, okay, how am I doing? How am I feeling? Did I have just a good season? Did I win a championship? Okay, we didn't win, but we finished second and things are great, but, you know, so... This has been kind of ongoing, uh, again, mainly since I've been in my 50s, which hard to believe eight years ago. And um, it just, just everything's coming together and the 50 year mark seems appropriate. And, you know, I totally dig racing cars, as you guys know. I mean, you see my passion and, and what I absolutely love to do as well as, you know, I want to you know start spend, spend a little more time with my family and, and, and the winery's taking off and uh, all that kind of stuff. So it just seemed like, you know what, 2018 Rolex 24, uh, that it seems like a good time.
1: Scott Pruitt, you've been racing cars for nearly 50 years, almost your entire life. What's the biggest change you've seen between then and now?
4: I think the biggest has been a couple things. One, most certainly, is safety. When you... When I look back at those, even in the mid-'80s, when I first started jumping in uh, those cars with with Ford and and with Roush, uh, I'm not sure I'd get back in those cars because they don't seem safe. (laughs) Hmm. I mean, they were state-of-the-art at the time. You look at the Indy cars in the 70s and 80s, and it's the same thing. So safety from, from the car standpoint, safety from the track standpoint, and then technology. When you when you look and see what's available on simulators these days, and for drivers who, for instance, you're going to go race at the Long Beach Grand Prix, or you're going to go race at um, you know Bathurst over in Australia, both of which I've uh, I've done, and you don't get that opportunity to see the track until you're on the track uh, in days gone by. Now you can go drive miles and miles and miles and miles and miles at those places before ever getting there, and that's such a huge improvement for for where we were uh, before that stuff came along.
1: Scott Pruitt, in 1988, you sacrificed your entire life savings to buy an IndyCar ride at Long Beach, where you finished 18th, but that helped launch an open-wheel career for you. Could you recommend that for drivers today? You think there'd be any success today?
4: I think it just shows, you know, I here I was, I was driving for Ford, we won the championship you know, we won uh, in 86 and 87, uh, went on to win it again in 88, and I had to make that next move. And what am I going to do? Uh, I went to Europe in 87, tested with form- in Formula One, uh, didn't really see the opportunity for an American to make that jump. And so then, then it was IndyCar or NASCAR. Um, because I'm an open wheel guy, race go karts all my life, love road course and all that, that it led me more in that direction than NASCAR. And so how do I make that jump? You know, guys know me from sports cars, but how do they how can they see what I potentially can do in an open wheel car? And after knocking on many, many, many doors I just said, you know what, I'll put my money where my mouth is, gonna you know, got a of dick Simon, rented a ride for Long Beach. I said I had to get out there and show what I can do instead of just talking about what I can do. And I think for, for any young driver, if they're, if they're stuck, I think there's, there's two things. One, you got to figure out how to get yourself noticed. And, and two, you have to show that passion to give up everything for the sport that you truly love. And both of those things uh, are what I did.
2: Drivers today, it's, it's a different atmosphere. I, I, I don't want to put anybody down by saying this, but it just seems like drivers today would not make that sacrifice. I, I could be completely off, and I apologize if I am. But how would you tell drivers to just figure out a way to get the money, get a loan, get whatever? Because money becomes the topic of drivers saying, "I can't do that."
4: You know, it's it's just it, uh, it's, it's it's how bad you want it. I think I I I mean, my passion for for racing has has been second only only to my family and. And early on, um, my passion for racing was, was number one, because all I wanted was how how can I make it in a sport? And I'm willing to give up everything for it. I have no problem uh, doing that. And so and I think you are right. When I see the culture that I see now, um, I, I do see um, you know potentially a little bit more entitlement and, and, well, you should give me a ride instead of, you know what, you, you're going to give me a ride because I'm going to get out and I'm going to show you why because of my abilities. And uh, I think more than, any, more than anything else, I think it really comes down to the fact that we, we all love what we, what, we, what we love to do. And then it's a matter of how big a sacrifice do you want to make uh, to get there.
2: Scott Pro, we've talked a lot about all of your wins. Just like I said, too many to mention. But is there a specific moment that sticks out better, as better than any other? And maybe it doesn't even involve a win. But if there is a moment like that, does it exist for you and why?
4: There, There isn't because there has been so, I mean, going, I mean, literally when you, when you look at the wins and the championships and all, you know, just between Trans Am, IndyCar, NASCAR, and, and sports car, I'm looking at just shorter 90, I think it's 88 wins. That's not even talking about all my go-karting championships and, and all these other things that I have done. And. And when you and when you when you look back, they they all are are significant. They're all wonderful in in getting me to to where I am now. And I there's so many great wins I cherish. The, you know the 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 Michigan 500 uh, for my first IndyCar win, the win uh, IndyCar win in Australia, my first uh, championship, my my first overall win at at Daytona, my fifth overall win at the Rolex 24 at Daytona. So. There's so many. I mean, there's just so many that I get to savor all those. What a great, what a great place to be in. Oh
2: yeah.
3: Yeah, it's nuts. Oh, Freak nation. Yeah. You know him from every other freaking motorsport series on the planet. Scott Pruitt retiring after the Daytona 24-hour. What's the one win that you miss? Is it the Indy 500?
4: There's, there's two. Uh, the Indy 500 being so close in '95, in and then unfortunately, you know, just. Almost, oh gosh dang, I mean, getting into the oil with, with about 10 laps to go and, mm. and getting up into the fence, um, uh, and then never going back because of, because of the split. So getting that opportunity to go win the Indy 500 and then a NASCAR win, you know, I've got a second, I've got a third, I've got a fourth. I never quite pulled off that, that NASCAR win. So, uh, those are the two, only, those are the two wins that, that I wish I would have accomplished, but you know what? Uh, it's all good.
3: You're, we've known you long enough and we know that you're a very humble guy, but given what you've accomplished, would you consider yourself one of the best, if not the best American motorsports driver?
4: I, I hate to put that, you know, I, gosh dang, man, I, <laughs> <laughs> you totally put me on the spot. Yeah, I, know, I did, there, damn it. There's a lot of guys calling me the goat and, um you know there's the, if you go and you look at the record books and you look at all the 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 articles and and the accomplishments and and what has been achieved uh, i certainly feel like i'm in that category of of being being one of the best
1: scott peru when you finally leave will you be done no coming back as a driver or a car owner
4: Never say never man i I can tell you, never as a car owner. I have no interest in being a babysitter. I have no interest in being around a sport that I truly love sitting behind a wheel uh, and watching it from from uh from you know from the sidelines uh, being you know you, you never know how things are gonna turn out. I mean, you look at Jeff Gordon, he thought he was never gonna drive again and then huh. um you know he got he got uh you know kind of thrown right back in the middle of it. so uh, all I'm gonna say is never say never. So uh, i will leave it at that. But at this point in time, uh, I'm looking at, you know, I don't have, there's n- n- no plans at all doing anything moving forward.
2: Oh, but Scott, when you gave your retirement press conference at Daytona last week, something was brought up about workouts, and you seemed thrilled to not have to worry about working out anymore. <laughs> okay. So you would have to bring those back.
4: Oh, man, I'm telling you, you know, sitting, you know, we talked about that. You never, you know, I am... uh I just can't afford getting hurt. So yeah. like when you're out riding your bicycle on a road, you're out training. I've had enough things happen to me to get, to get injured, let alone some of the, some of our friends, some of my friends have gotten killed riding bikes and doing some of these other things, whether it's been, uh, road biking or, or getting hurt on a mountain bike or some of this other stuff. And, and unfortunately, because of all my injuries over the years, I can't just take off and go run. So everything that is uh, available to me tend, tends to be more on on uh, in the gym or in my own gym at home. And I will not missing those four walls as I train day after day, hour after hour, year after year. I've, you know, I've been doing it for friggin' ever. So uh, I'm going to do it because I want to do it, not because I have to do it moving forward.
2: <laughs> Bottom line, though, those four walls, just outside those four walls, is that vineyard. And Kenny, myself, Statman, we <laughs> we appreciate you as a driver. But we might appreciate you more as a winemaker. Your Syrahs. Thank you, Continental Tire, for providing us Pruitt Syrahs for the last, gosh, five or six years. But because of that, we've now been buyers of your Syrahs and OMG. Thank you, Scott.
4: (laughs) Well, you're welcome. And that's such an unexpected, just wonderful thing that has taken place. I mean, I just want to make good wine. And then, you know, by Wine Spectator, our 2012 vintage and then our 2014 vintage, being rated number one in the world uh, has been so far beyond our expectations and so wonderful and so incredible. And so I joke, uh, you know, a lot of people around Daytona, because this thing had just lit up after we made our announcement uh, last week, and so a lot of people, like, what are you going to do, what are you going to do, what are you going to do, what are you going to do? I said, you know what, I'm going to go home and I'm going to sit on my front porch and I'm going to have a glass of my own wine and just think about all the wonderful times.
3: Bam! So does this mean, Pruitt, now that you're retiring, that we're not going to get a nice bottle of Syrah from Continental Tires every new year? <laughs>
4: Uh, Every new, you just just be, yeah, I'll guarantee you'll be getting more of that without doubt, without a doubt.
3: (laughs) Well, Scott,
1: working in your vineyard making your Pruitt wines must be nothing but therapy for you in all that quiet.
4: Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, well, I've, I've joked about that because I mean it, they're polar opposites, right? I mean, I've lived my life in fractions of a second in racing, and then you live your life in years or vintages in in the winery. So, uh, just just finding that. But I don't, I don't know. And I think every professional athlete, I don't. There's that there's that moment when you're forced out where you feel like you've been dealt a bad hand of cards, or you or you just can't believe it. And I think there's the other point, you know, like with a Jeff Gordon, like with myself, where you're stepping out on your terms. And, and even though, I mean, uh, Jeff and I are good friends and I talked to him about it. I don't think anybody can tell you what it's truly going to be like a week after, uh, a month after, six months after you retire. I I think the biggest uh, thing I'm, I'm interested to find out is that I've lived on adrenaline my whole life Mm -hmm. and, what is that going to be like with, without having that? And I think that's the thing that, that I, I might be concerned the most with.
2: What else did Jeff Gordon tell you? Dig it, man. Driving off into the sunset on <laughs> your terms.
4: He, he's been great. Uh, absolutely. Just really uh, incredible through this whole thing. I've, I've talked to him even before making the announcement and, and uh, just asking him what it's like. And, and, and again, he said, I can tell you what it's like, but you're not going to know what it's like until you're there.
2: Now, hold on a second, though, Scott. You just mentioned how you were a little worried about that lack of adrenaline in your life, but you're still working with Lexus, right, as a brand ambassador and, and helping them develop cars?
4: Exactly. And, and, and so I, I see that being such a wonderful fit. I totally dig doing that. I've, I've been involved with them, well, on the IndyCar side on, with, with Toyota in the late 90s. And, you know, when I finished out my career in cars. And then uh, moving forward in 2004, we won the IMSA, our first IMSA championship together uh, and so many other great races and wins. So that is definitely going to be a must on my, uh, on, on my adrenaline fix is going out and doing events with those guys.
3: Freak Nation, <laughs> Scott Pruitt. You know him from IndyCar, NASCAR, more importantly, all those championships and wins in sports cars. Retiring after the Daytona 24-hour. So we'll see you here in a couple of weeks, buddy.
4: You guys guys always um, always great. And and thank you
3: so much for having me on.
2: Thank you for an incredible interview. Thank you, thank you.
3: See you, Scotty. Awesome. Thanks guys. Appreciate cool. it. And coming up in the second hour, of Speed Freaks, we're going to hear from your Houston Supercross winner, Jason Anderson, coming out of Houston, number 1 in the points. He'll be checking in next hour. Also, Rob Halford, Judas Priest, new record out. We caught up with Rob Halford earlier. He's going to be joining us here in the Freak Nation and the Lucas Hole Studios. All coming up, second hour of the Freaks.
4: Speed Freaks, motorsports radio, redefined.